All right, so what are your thoughts of the uh, Ronaldo Sue in the current state of, like, I don't know, just celebrations? Well, um, I guess just, like, as Ronaldo as a whole has gone down in stock since his move to Saudi Arabia. And so I think, unfortunately, the Sue as a celebration has also gone down. But Sue as an ex- exclamation is rising in stock. Invest in Sue. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I just feel like it's kind of cringe if you do the Sue now because it's like, okay, it was cool for a bit, and now it's like, bro, that came from a guy who literally is playing in the biggest retirement home I've ever seen. Yeah, bigger retirement home than the MLS. MLS. Anyways, welcome to Track and Field episode whatever. I've already lost count. I believe this is four? Yes, five. Four. Four. The second episode of the new year and definitely not recorded the same day that our last episode was published. Uh, it's just whatever. We don't really have control over when our episodes are recorded. I'll make a note to our publisher so we can tr- maybe try to get it out before the weekend. Yeah. But, yeah. So, apologies for that. But we're here now, and we're ready to present you with another episode of not just rambling, but award-winning insight better than that of... <laughs> A certain newspaper that I may or may not be subscribed to, that may or may not have writers dedicated to every single Premier League team and two writers dedicated to both FC Barcelona and Real Madrid. (laughs) No, you come here to hear, you come here to hear two very trained and knowledgeable and knowledgeable um, professionals. Yes. Professionals work and explain our work in a format that we are both very well versed in yes all right you come here for the analysis you stay here for the funny jokes that's what it is (laughs) that's what it is all right so we have a lot to get through today and we are actually somewhat organized we formulated a plan of what we were going to talk about yeah and i think it'll be a little less rambly this time around what do you think well i don't think so well We'll figure it out. Anyways, I say we start in the land of a flag with three vertical stripes and three different colors. Mm-hmm. And by that, I mean, let me let me see if I can pronounce it right. Deutschland. Deutschland has horizontal stripes, no vertical stripes. Did I say vertical? Yes, you said vertical. I was thinking of Belgium, probably. Or Italy. No, I was thinking of Belgium because they have similar colors. Anyways. <coughs> yeah, so... Little known fact, there's a little team down there called BVB. Little. Dortmund. Uh, yeah, I probably screwed up a lot of what I just said there, but you know <laughs> what? It's fine. I'm the I'm the soccer expert. Oh, do we want to talk about this now or should I <laughs> for the organization we were, I was just mentioning? <laughs> Already out the window. Okay. Three well, minutes into the recording well, session. Let's just <laughs> wait a bit before we talk about the Germany news about that small little club that's maybe produced a few talent. Anyways. Uh, not much F1 news, so just so we get that out of the way now. There's mm-hmm. not a lot of F1 news just because not a lot's happening. A lot of the teams are just trying to get their cars ready to go, getting ready for the media days, all that jazz. Um, but I did just see an article. I forget who the publisher was or the exact values, but it is reportedly... It, okay, how do I phrase this? Reportedly, the Las Vegas Grand Prix coming this November, actually, not mm-hmm. next November, this November... It will actually be estimated to have 
an economic impact of $1.2 billion, B-I-L-L-I-O-N. That's a ridiculous amount of money. Yeah, I I don't... I, that's insane. I don't... I, I didn't... Okay. I should say I read the headline, not the <laughs> full article, because I'm pretty sure the article was in German or Swedish. Yeah. I have this like news source that just shows me like headlines mm-hmm. that are translated. I I can't read the articles most of the time because they're either paywalled or in a foreign language that I definitely know how to speak. Yeah, for sure. Because I can definitely speak English as well. Yeah. But yeah, that's insane. I don't know if it means just for the United States, for the city of Las Vegas, or for the state of Nevada, but that is <laughs> insane. Yeah, but I mean, Las Vegas already rakes in like a whole crap load of money so i mean that's just like passive income if you will yeah it very much is not passive income i just like cannot think of a passive income if you won the lottery consistently yeah and you're just always getting that those jackpots okay uh looking ahead for f1 uh the car reveals are gonna start rolling in next month i believe the first one is Red Bull, because they have to be first in everything. Fuck them. Mm. Uh, so, sorry for that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they will be revealing the car on February 2nd. I think only one team has yet to announce the reveal date. I think that might be Williams. I could be wrong. Uh, are, are people really that concerned with Williams, though? Yes. Really? Yes, because those are where all the, the old-timers cheer for. Oh, because okay. they used to be goaded, and now they're goaded in 10th place. <laughs> 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 But uh, uh, they recently, their new team principal was actually Total Wolf, the team principal of Mercedes, his mm. right-hand man. So what this means, you can only infer, you know, maybe they're going to have an even tighter partnership because what, what's happened or is what's happening right now, George Russell, the current second driver for Mercedes, started out his first two years in a Williams spot. Mm-hmm. And then once they thought he was ready or whatever, they put him into the Mercedes now, Williams is going to deny that they're doing any of this. Yeah. But I think it's still a matter of that. That's the reality. That's how they get their money. They're sponsored by Mercedes, you mm-hmm. know, so only so much you can do. But yeah, besides that, uh, winter testing is happening in a month. More miscellaneous announcements like reserve drivers, uh, what you call it, simulator drivers, all those things. So nothing really too big to cover. But what's not not too big to cover double negative please tell me that went through <laughs> oh my god uh i can speak english is the world of soccer it just yeah. keeps going until it does it keep doesn't. going uh which is like in the summer but in the summer there's mls so you're the one person in the world to be excited about that anyways well that's because lafc are a good team but that's a discussion for, for another now. time for now yeah what, what do you mean for now okay. forever moving on uh, going back to our preview of a certain three-striped flag country of a certain direction, Germany. Yes. And the German Bundesliga. Yeah. Home of, you know, widely recognized football clubs such as uh, Union Berlin. Yes. U- Union Berlin. Yeah. Uh, that RB Leipzig. Yeah. Is, is that how you say it? Yes. They're not in the Austria one, or is that Salzburg? Salzburg is in Austria, yeah. Okay. Did I say Australia? No, you said Austria. Okay, this is great. I'm really on the beat today, (laughs) aren't I? And, of course, you know, the award-winning club, Schalke No Fear. Yep. And currently in last place in the Bundesliga. Yep, and the team that I hate the most. 
And, you know, some others like Bayern and Dortmund. But speaking of Dortmund, yes. they have the... Mm, I can't really say this yet because the news isn't confirmed, but one of the greatest American players to ever exist, uh, Gio Reyna. That is true. I, I'm referencing news about a certain other American player that I really don't want to come true, but we'll discuss we that. We will talk about that later. Later, potentially. Yeah. Hopefully not, because hopefully, it like the transfer, it won't happen. Anyways... Dortmund, Gio Reyna, talk us through what happened this weekend with Dortmund. Well, the Bundesliga is back for the first uh, time in 2023, which resulted in some extremely exciting and high-scoring games, not just uh, in Dortmund, but everywhere across the league. Um, So for the games over this past weekend, we had, hold on, let me pull it up real quick. Uh, let's see. Oh, yeah, that's right. Wolfsburg beat Freiburg 6-0, and Freiburg are currently, um, fifth in the table. Average German uh, football club? Yeah. Uh, Eins FC Köln beat Werder Bremen, who we talked about on a previous episode, uh, 7-1. Uh, and then Dortmund beat, uh, Augsburg over the weekend, 4-3 to three in one of the most ridiculous and stressful games that I've ever watched. Which just makes it all the better that he's alive to talk about it right now. Yeah. So the final score, if I recall correctly, was 4-3. That yes. is correct. And the game scoring goal was, what's the term, a, a golasso? Golasso? Golasso. Golasso. Glossary. <laughs> golasso by one Gio Reyna. Yeah. This you describe the goal because I I don't know what the terms are. Okay, so Gio Reyna came on as a substitute in the second half. Where uh, at the time the game was still um, what was it? It was two to two. Uh, because uh, Augsburg had recently scored a goal like right before the uh, end of the first half, and it was two to two going in. Gio Reyna gets subbed on in the seventieth minute. Uh, and then five minutes after Giovanna gets subbed on, Jamie Bino Gittens scores a goal, which was actually a very nice goal as well. Cuts inside onto his right foot, is able to curl it perfectly so that it takes a bounce, hops off, off the hops off the post, and into the goal. Great goal, Jamie Bino Gittens, one for the future for sure. Um, and then of course, like 90 seconds later, Augsburg score. So now it's three to three in the 76th minute. And then, two minutes after Augsburg score, Gio Reyna Reyna scores arguably one of the best goals of 2023 so far. Yeah, Um, a very large fool that we have. Um, A long ball played by Jude Bellingham over the top to Gio Reyna, who's kind of free on the wing. He takes a touch, lets it bounce, and then is able to volley it uh, and hits a dipping shot so that it perfectly goes over the keeper but under the bar and it was one of the it was a fantastic goal and something that was even more fantastic was the celebration right after now alex and i aren't really too sure exactly what he's he was referencing by doing the celebration but basically he did this celebration it was done by what was his name the 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 dutch player that did it memphis depai yes depai where basically he put both his fingers in his ears like he wasn't listening and mm-hmm. then put his 
uh, he cupped his hand over his ear as if to say, like, like, let me hear it. Yeah. So, obviously, my theories has to do with all the American media jumping on him and all just the criticisms he's faced mm-hmm. currently, people calling him overrated, not getting all the time he needed in the World Cup, etc. So, I think that was really... I don't know. I saw a really cold photo of it. That that was sick. Yeah. That was sick. I think it was just like blocking out all the noise because what Gio needs to do right now is just focus on his game and show everyone the great player that he can be. Yeah. And with the substitute appearance against Augsburg the other day, that's exactly what he did because when he was subbed on and when Jamie Bino Gittens was subbed on, um, they definitely changed the game, not only in the fact that they both scored goals, but also in the fact that they injected life back into the team. Uh, and this was at a time in the game where Dortmund weren't struggling, but the mentality wasn't there. They kept shooting themselves in the foot, making silly mistakes that compounded on each other, eventually leading to Augsburg goals. Because... The two goals that Augsburg scored in the first half should have been easily avoided, but they weren't. Um, unfortunate, but uh, and then even the goal in the second half that they scored as well, the third goal, all like goals that Dortmund should not be conceding, but they did. They picked themselves back up and scored again, but just that like complacency once they score a goal was like it was really frustrating to watch. But that's just kind of the territory that comes with being a Dortmund fan. Yeah. And I think, yeah, back to what you were saying about how this is a time for Gio to really showcase the player he is. I think it's very important because he is young. Yes. Mm-hmm. This is like, what, his second year playing? I don't know the statistic. He's uh, very young, though, if I recall correctly. Yeah, he's like, I think, just turned 20. Damn. So this is like about his second or third full season of playing with the Dortmund first team. So he should take this time to really develop in this club before inevitably, as I've been told and I have seen, a bigger club, usually a Premier League club, sometimes a Serie A or La Liga, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, comes to swoop him and pick him up, but he really needs to make a name for himself and really prove to whoever's going to be the next U.S. men's team manager that, yes, he is worth a starting position and he is a very valuable player. Yeah. yeah. I think that's already previ- pretty obvious, but like now he's just like solidifying it, letting everyone know that even with all the noise surrounding him, that he still knows how to separate himself from it and keep focused on his game. Yeah, he's putting that little rubber stamp on it. Now, speaking of players that train in Dortmund and get promoted to the Premier League, promoted to the Premier League, that sounds a little disingenuous, but... It is. Uh, <laughs> let's see... I can make a joke about a one-team, a one-club league, but I'm not going to because I don't watch the Bundesliga, so I'm going to move on. Christian Pulisic yep. on, and Chelsea. What does Pulisic have to do with anything? Nothing at the moment. But Chelsea picked up an American player, Pulisic, who mm-hmm. trained in Dortmund. This is a really bad transition. We're talking <laughs> about the Premier League now. We're yeah. moving on to the land of monarchs for some reason. That's, yeah. Okay. I need to just okay. So we talked a lot about Chelsea last last episode, didn't we? Yeah, and we're gonna talk more about Chelsea. Yeah, we're gonna talk a little bit more, not as much and not as bad. 
In fact, I think it's actually kind of funny, the news that we have. So it recently came out over the course of both this transfer period and the previous one that Todd Bully and Clear Lake Capital, the current owners of Chelsea Football Club, have spent over 400 million euros yeah. in signing new players. And I think the overall total at the moment is 14. No? Yes. That is insane. <laughs> yeah, I mean, for a club of Chelsea's size, it's pretty unprecedented to sign this many players in such a short time, to spend this much money in such a short time, and on top of that, no players have left, really. Yet. Yeah, yet. Yet, that's the big uh, big keyword there. Yeah. Uh, in fact, we're, they're still not done either. I think we were discussing when we were coming up to the uh, recording room that I believe, we believe, the rough estimate is about four more players that they are currently targeting, yep. including one... Okay, his name is Enzo Fernandez, right? Yep. Including one Enzo Fernandez, the young player of the tournament in the previous World Cup, right? That was the, mm -hmm. that was the award he got from Argentina. So, but, uh, so yeah, they, they have a lot going on right now. They, the highlights of the period, what, what shall we say? Uh, they hijacked a deal from Arsenal for a certain uh, Ukrainian superstar. Mikhailo Mudrik. Mudrik, who showed... A lot of good signs for the future of the club, I think, in that previous match that they played this week against Liverpool. Yeah, um, the game itself was very boring. The most yes. exciting part was the fact that Mudrik got his debut. And um, I saw a stat where apparently he uh, sprinted and was the fastest recorded player in the Premier League this season so far. Damn. Damn. Yeah. So speed demon, dribbling skills to pair with it. Um, hopefully he'll find his finishing boots soon. I think overall, though, like through all these signings, I think it's really signing, or really signaling a sign of change for the club for more than just the management. Obviously, you had the entire uh, transfer of ownership saga that happened last year from mm -hmm. Roman Ambrovich to uh, Todd Bowley and Clear Lake Capital. And then earlier, I mean, it was a little less, how do we say, majestic, the transfer from Thomas Tuchel to Graham Potter as managers of the club. Yeah. But, and I think now this is like the final step. Like the management is obviously still changing. You, we see settings about that every now and then. Mm -hmm. But for the players, because I think, honestly, if I, if I had to make an honest statement, our players are getting old. Low-key, high-key. Yeah, I mean, there are definitely a lot of play or a decent amount of players that are aging in the squad, but honestly, um, there still is like so much young talent in the team. And this is also why Alex is here to correct me on these <laughs> statements. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I'd say the defense of Chelsea is aging because you have Thiago Silva who turns like 39 this year. Or something like that. You have Aspilicueta who's been at the club for 10 years at this point. 500 games. Yeah. Uh, club legend, captain. Um, but then you have like a bunch of young guys in attack. You just signed Mudrik, who's 21. Joao Felix is um, early 20s as well. 
Christian Pulisic is like 25, 26. I want to say, no, he's not that old. He's he like 24. 24 he's like 24. He's from the 23 to 25 range, yeah. I believe. Early to mid 20s. Uh, Kai Havertz, 21. Um, he's 21? Yeah. He's what? been around He's been around forever. He looks 27. No, he's not 21. He's he, got to be like 22. I'm like, no, there's no way. He looks way too old to be 21. There's no way Kai Havertz is only two years older than me. Age he, check, by the way. He is. He's definitely young. I'm not sure how young, though. He also came from Dortmund, no? No, he came from Bayer Leverkusen. He's 23. 23. Okay, yeah. that, that makes a little more sense. I was like, in no world is Kai Havertz 21, and I am the age that I am. <laughs> so, wh- whatever. <laughs> yeah. But a bunch of young talent in attack, just like that aging defensive core that um, you need to find replacements for soon. So, yeah. I think overall... This is a sign of things to come. Mm-hmm. I think this next transfer period, especially the summer transfer period, is going to be quite painful for me. Yeah. Because you know, I've really grown to love this current roster. It's the first one that I've really, you know, understood all the players on and known their names and numbers. So mm-hmm. it's going to be really rough. Not as rough, however. Uh, are we good to move on? Uh, yeah. Not as rough, however, as Everton Football Club's current state is. Yep. So... We haven't really talked about Everton before, but so give us a quick rundown on who they are, what their history is, you know, all that. Give us like a crash course. Well, Everton are one of the most historic clubs in England. Um, They've been in the top flight for like ever, basically. Um, And they've just always been like a mainstay. Um, They've had super successful seasons in the past, like, 10, 15 years under like guys like David Moyes who were able to guide them to European spots where they played in like the Europa League um, where they had like and had pretty successful Premier League seasons as well. Um, but uh, recently, so like in the past five years or so, they have been a club on decline. And the final, or not the final nail in the coffin, but one of the main things that has led them to this spot in like the most recent years is their head coaching appointments, their bad signings and, you know, just like an overall lack of understanding. It seems like because seem like a club without an identity at the moment. Yes. That's a great way to describe it. Yeah. Cause they just seem to throw money at players that don't do much And then, you know, those players eventually leave for nothing compared to what they were signed for. And, you know, you have that one infamous, I think it was 2018 Everton transfer window where they signed guys like uh, Cenk Tosun uh, from Turkey, uh, David Klaassen, Gilfie Sigurdsson, and Wayne Rooney, I think, all in the same transfer window. Which, like, you know, you look now, none of those guys are still at the club uh, like four and a half years on. And if you look at the impact that each player had, it was little to nothing. Um, so at the moment, you know, now they're kind of a club in crisis where they're sitting bottom of the Premier League table 
they have like less than 20 points uh and you know as a result of that frank lampard has been fired frankie lampard chelsea legend but not really a, a legend in everton for different reasons currently accelerating their already decaying stage and as a result now i believe i just read a headline that said everton football club is actually being put up for sale so if that's not a sign that things are already crumbling if you weren't aware before that should definitely like the alarm should be sounding yeah they should be more than sounding i think the entire facility should be on like high alert yeah it's definitely something that should uh a lot of people should keep an eye on because of how like significant this is because it's not a small football club either it's not like a darlington situation where it's like you know an owner was too big for his the club or whatever this is a historic club with I want to say a loyal supporter base, yeah? Yeah. Like a pretty big one. Mm-hmm. And it suddenly... It, okay, I know you hate them, but this is like Schalke, no? Like a historic club that has a large supporter base, but is facing huge issues in terms yeah. of... Um, the problems that Schalke had are in many ways similar, but also very different in a yeah. lot of ways, simply because, you know... Schalke doesn't generate as much money as Everton does because of, like, the lucrative Premier League TV uh, deals. Yeah. But, um, you know, Schalke's academy was failing them. It wasn't producing as much as it once did. Um, So that means they weren't selling as many players for as high prices as they did. Um, But, you know, it eventually just turned into where Schalke needed to have, like, a fire sale just like get rid of everyone once they got uh, relegated from the Bundesliga. And I could see something very similar happening at Everton where, you know, they let go or sell just like every one of the remotely good players that they have just to make that money back that they lose from uh, dropping down. Yeah. Because players like Anthony Gordon um, and like, I don't know, maybe James Tarkovsky, Michael Keane, Probably won't stay at Everton if they get relegated. Definitely not. No, maybe they'll pick up the uh, old Dunningham Forest lineup. Jokes. Jokes. Uh, Yeah, it's just a really sad thing to see, but uh, I'm really interested to see how this whole scenario is going to play out. I do want to mention, though, going back to Chelsea real quick before Mm -hmm. we move on, because I think think we're ready to move on. Yeah. Uh, Going back to Chelsea... Their, we, we forgot to mention this, but their activities in the way that they're signing these players have prompted UEFA, the the basically the, the, the stewards of European football. The governing body. Yeah. To go to the point where they're patching a loophole that Todd Bowley found to make these signings happen. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that, that's insane that they're making legislation changes from what they are doing. Yeah. It is pretty ridiculous. And like, oh, yeah, something that I I meant to mention earlier um, about the signings that they're making is just like the length of the contracts of each player. Because like, you know, Badia Chile, they signed on like a six-year contract. Um, Fofana, they signed on a super long contract. Uh, That's Davide Fofana, not Wesley Mm, Fofana. Because they signed two Fofanas in the same year. More Fofana. It's more fun with two Fofanas. That's true. 
and then not um, for fun either. I'm oh, sorry. Yeah, and then Mudrick for seven years as well. Yeah, it's like s- several, like six, seven, whatever your contracts is crazy, and now UEFA is has been prompted to change that to a max five year signing. I believe is what they are planning on passing. Yeah, because I mean, like, even just like signing a player for that long just like doesn't make sense. Well, because it's very different. Because you see, like, those kind of contracts with, like, super long, like, 10 to 12 years. You see that in baseball. Yeah. Where, like... um, Todd Bowley also owns a team there. Exactly. Yeah. So I feel like he's trying to take that approach from baseball, where the contracts are super long, have big amounts of money, and then apply it to football, where I just don't think it'll work out the way he wants it to. Either way... It'll be exciting to watch, perhaps more for you than for me. Yeah. But speaking of governing bodies, mm-hmm. uh, I'm not going to attempt to pronounce their full name, but down in south in Italy, the FIGC handed the old lady, Juventus, a whopping, what was it, 13 point? 15. 15 point deduction in their Serie A campaign, which yeah. drops them all the way from second place in the table all the way down to like, what, 10th, 12th? 10th. Or 8th? 10th yeah yeah insane you want to yeah so okay collect my thoughts <laughs> well we're getting better we're yeah. getting better you walk it okay here's what i understand from the juventus incident as i'm going to call it. Mm-hmm. it this was due to their past signing things like they did something illegal with the way they signed a couple players right yeah, I'm not sure exactly what it was, but they definitely broke a couple rules, and because of that, they're being punished. Yeah, broke so many rules that they're actually... They're just trying to set a precedent, I think, because following the news of this, it came out that Napoli football mm-hmm. club, or I don't think that's their name. <laughs> I think they have some other full title. Yeah, I like, believe it's SSC Napoli. Probably. That's the Italian thing that they do. What I'm not... I, I'm going to learn what they mean one day. <laughs> but Napoli, currently number one on the table at Serie A, yep. is also apparently under investigation by the FIGC, the Italian uh, soccer governing body. Yeah. Um, so from what I've heard, it's that um, the transfer a couple years ago of Victor Osimhen, the Nigerian striker from Lille in France to Napoli, um was apparently the transfer fee was apparently underreported and um because there were some like add-on fees or just like the entire transfer fee in general was just like not reported and not filed correctly and because of that Napoli could be face- facing some serious punishment um and it's pretty surprising to hear especially considering how well Osimhen is doing um how well napoli are as a or and then how well napoli are as yeah. an entire club because if i recall correctly they've been okay they've been like a top flight club yes mm-hmm. but never really a title contender because i don't are they in the champions league they are in the champions league yeah but they were never really like on the same level as like both milan's and juventus right no Although never juventus that much has been like down lately yeah, but historically, Juventus are a very successful club in yeah. the Champions League. 
But uh, Napoli has never been like that. I think the last time they even made it out of the group stage was like 2016 or something. Yeah, so it's hopefully... Okay, this is hard for me to say as someone who follows a team that could be in contention for a title if this news comes out the way we expect it to. But it's really a dampener dampener onwards been an amazing season for them and what could be a really historic season something that can oh, yeah. really punch their ticket to finally yes we are a contending club but speaking of already no you go yeah i was just about to say um it'll be the first title uh Serie A title that they've won since like the days of maradona back in like the uh mid 80s that's a name yeah um it's honestly crazy how good of a season that they're having and like how how they found players and they have such a strange assortment of players <laughs> as well it's definitely one of the most unique squads just like purely based on nationality that i've ever seen because like the places that they've picked up these guys from is like ridiculous one of their best players Kvika Kvarachkelia, is from georgia and yeah. not the state <laughs> the country the former soviet country yeah it's, it's it's quite crazy it's like a ragtag group but if the ragtag groups were not the underdogs and instead the expected favorites well now they're the expected favorites but like going into the season i don't think anyone expected them to be this good yeah but speaking of clubs that no one thought would be good but ended up being good for a bit juventus oh i, I thought you were gonna say so i believe we sung the praises of juventus in our previous episode we a did. lot and perhaps that was not in our best interest as early as we just stated they received a 15 point reduction due to some shady deals that they made and some shady practices uh yeah Sh should we touch on that should we <laughs> are, are well, we cursed well we didn't know so we have no uh we are not responsible for we are not uh legally buying or we are not legally responsible for what happened to juventus definitely not yeah their point deduction is not because of our jinx um and hopefully we will not continue to jinx teams but if we do um bayern are going to win the bundesliga okay I okay 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 <laughs> okay we we can't use this power willy-nilly we we need to really like because we don't know if it's like an actual power for one mm -hmm. or if it's something that we can consistently call upon if we only have like three wishes genie like for it yeah. so uh if well, it is three wishes i hope that all my teams win their respective leagues and compete at the very highest level internationally i just boom i yeah yeah, I just did that. You think Chelsea are going to get out of 10th? Oh, you think they aren't? I think they could get up to 7th. And I think Liverpool will be in 8th. Because this season for Liverpool has been absolutely horrible. Said, yeah. Uh, woo. Uh, yeah. Type beat. Yeah. Uh, it, yeah. But we'll see. If Napoli gets handed like a huge point deduction, and actually despite both Milan clubs' efforts to not um capitalize on the juventus incident i think i think we might have to discuss some things and discuss what our true motives are in this podcast <laughs> but speaking of milan as we earlier mentioned as we mentioned earlier rather um christian polisic has been linked to a rumor about a transfer is it like a transfer on loan or like a regular transfer i would imagine that it would be a permanent transfer a permanent transfer to ac milan which <laughs> P 
please, yep. if there is a higher power out there, no. <laughs> he is my favorite player. I <laughs> could not live if he went to a rival club. Well, um, I feel like the possibility of it could happen, and because there have been a lot of links saying that Rafael Liao, uh, one of the star players for AC Milan, could possibly be leaving in the summer. So if Rafael Liao leaves, then the chances of Pulisic going to AC Milan go way up. Well, listen to this. An Inter player was just is, a, is apparently is about to be signed by PSG. So so they could do what Chelsea did and, like, intercept the red club. Like, a blue club intercepting a red club's <laughs> transfer. I don't even know if it's the same position. I don't even remember the name. That's, oh, boy, that's not a good look. But, look, okay, if that were to happen, I would be absolutely crushed. I would still cheer for Pulisic on the international stage. Mm-hmm. But it would be like, I'd be listening to, like, I don't know, like, Linkin Park and all those, like, uh, emo bands trying to figure out what I want to do with my life now that the person that I like the best has suddenly gone over to the wrong side of San Siro. Yeah, I mean, it is very disappointing to see, but it's kind of just like a way of life. Yeah, but like, also, not to mention, I was texting this guy over here next to me <laughs> about it, and I, and he was like, yeah, but like, you know, and I was like, no. AC Milan apologist and he's like more like fan. No, I said I said uh oh wait, what did I actually say? We're pulling up the receipts. We no. don't need to pull up the receipts. All that matters is that he betrayed me and didn't tell me that he was an AC Milan fan. I'm literally pointing at him accusatory like fan is a strong word. Fan. Okay, you have a jersey for them. Yeah. I have a jersey for a lot of teams. Do, uh What? And you were never going to tell me were you? I don't know. I was going to bring it up eventually. But if I had to choose one Serie A team to support, then it probably would be AC Milan. You are so wrong for that, I have to say. And I don't want to even hear the reasoning because all AC Milan knows how to do is lose because they're a Finnish club. Except Just for the fact like, that they won the Scudetto last season. Yeah, but what have they won this year? How many like titles have they won this year? None. None, but how many have Inter won? Oh, wait, wait, wait. One, the the, the Italian Super Cup against <laughs> one AC Milan. All right. Enough of our squabble. I think that's all we have for today. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Or do we want to discuss it? I think I think that's pretty good. I think maybe we should talk a little bit about Arsenal. Oh, we'll talk about Arsenal if they win next week. All right. Well, we'll have an entire segment dedicated to Arsenal. Does that sound good? We're but- we're approaching the forty minute mark. But Arsenal are so good Arsenal's this season. Arsenal's red taunt him, and unfortunately, I have decided we are out of time. <laughs> Next week, we will definitely talk about Arsenal and the season they're have, having. Uh, we'll, ta- we'll talk about them if Napoli gets Juventus. <laughs> if, if they get... Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's how we'll talk about them. Anyways, thank you so much for listening. Thank you, I, thank you. I'm Patrick. I'm Alex. And this was Track and Field, Episode 4. We'll see you next time. Yep. Bye. Bye.